Good afternoon, everyone. This is Brother Brennan coming to you live from Fort Smith, Arkansas with another Fishers of Men video broadcast. And it is good to be here this afternoon. And uh, a lot of you are probably wondering, why am I doing a broadcast on Wednesday afternoon? Aren't you supposed to be at work? Well, I had today off. How about that? Had today off. Went and got some groceries, got some breakfast, did some cleaning. Now I'm doing this, and now I'm just going to probably, uh, after this, probably go and rest and get this thing put up. Um, then, you, then you might, well, you might also be wondering, well, why am I doing it today, not yesterday? Well, yesterday I wasn't feeling all that well. I had a really big headache, didn't feel like really doing anything at all was still kind of tired a little bit and um so i just decided to uh do it today uh so yesterday's video is today's okay um we may do one on friday we'll see um so anyway so that's that uh now I'm not. I'm actually not going to be getting into Matthew 13 uh, yet. Uh, I'm probably going to be delaying that till next week. Um, <clears throat> but I am um, actually going to be picking up. Uh, I'm actually going to pick up and do another part of what I preached on Sunday night, which is entitled "Stand in the Day." This video is entitled "Stand in the Day." Uh, not standing. Oh, I see. I can't. I, I'm not thinking straight right now. The title of my Sunday's message was "Stand in the Evil Day." This is going to be entitled "Stand in the Evil Day Part 2. And I briefly mentioned Judas a little bit, and so we'll be getting into him today. Uh, Judas Iscariot, and um, we're going to be dealing with some stuff here today. Um. Really getting get, getting into what's going on in our days, and really just kind of hammering out what you know, you know what what's going on with all these churches. Okay, so hopefully this will be a blessing to you. Um, hopefully that you guys will get something from this. Um, and so we will do Matthew thirteen next week, and we'll actually probably end up doing like half of it because. We're going to start getting into some longer chapters. So I'm not going to go through every single one. So we'll probably go through some chapters, uh, some of the chapter next week. Um, prayer requests, pray for me. Um, pray for, keep me in prayer. I've just been really rocky a little bit. Uh, it may seem like I'm like, woo, just all peppy and in a good mood and stuff. Only reason for that is um, tip. You know, I've, I've really been finding out, see, um, really to make a long story short, uh, when I came back from Minnesota, it was just, it was rough for me. I mean, I just had a rough few weeks, wasn't getting anything, and then I, it sort of actually caused me to start doing, you know, Bible reading and prayer. And uh, typically how I've been doing it is at night I would do like maybe like four chapters out of Psalms. And I would do like three chapters from the from like Ephesians. And I was just doing four and three, four and three, four and three, all the way kind of through. Um, don't know why I've been doing it that way, but just been doing four and three. <clears throat> and then I would actually do a proverb in the morning. And so, um, and then I would pray at night after I'm done with my Bible reading, and then I would, I would come in the morning and actually read a proverb a day out loud, and then go to work. And ever since I've been doing that, it, I can really sense a change, and uh, I can really sense a change, and I can really see a change in my life. Um, just from doing that, so I might be a little bit more at bay. I'm not really doing all that great, but still better than I deserve, and I'm more at bay now having to, um, you know, read and all that stuff, so y'all pray for me, um, 
do pray for me. I would greatly appreciate your prayers. And yeah, so and I know I'm wearing a kind of a black shirt. Um, don't know why. I just sort of slapped it on. I wasn't planning on it or anything. Just I just slapped it on. Probably should have gone with a different shirt, but oh well. Oh well. We'll see what happens. Um, so, we, um, so yeah, so you pray for me, and, uh, you know, I, I pray for my ministry, pray for my, uh, videos, uh, I really could use your prayers, um, I don't want to get into it too much, if you guys want to ask me questions later on it, by all means, I'll, I'll talk to you then, but I just don't want to get too much into it. Uh, just a lot of stuff just going on because of, you know, the whole inflation and stuff like that. So, just seems to be a lot of overwhelming stuff going on in my life. Um, and I'm just, I, I know I'm not the only one, but there's probably other ones too that are going through something similar. So, y'all pray for me on that, okay? Um, I know God will provide and stuff. Um, just sometimes it's just everything going on nowadays is discouraging. So, that's what we got. Now, um, I think that's going to be about it for prayers and praises. Um, so, I guess we're going to go ahead and get started with the preaching and teaching this afternoon. Um, this message is entitled, Stand in the Evil Day, Part 2. And we're going to be kind of diving into some more detailed stuff, probably from my message on Sunday night. So, Hopefully this will really bridge it really beautifully and hopefully be something that will be a blessing to you and something that you can learn and grow from as well. Alright, so if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew chapter 26. Matthew 26. Matthew 26. <clears throat> now, in one, and now in my, in my message... On Sunday, I talked about how when you've got all these churches that will sell out the Word of God and go against His Word, um, these people that sell out the Word of God are Judases. And they're Judases because Judas sold out Christ for 30 was it 30 pieces of silver? I think it was. It was 30 pieces of silver. Uh, so we're going to go ahead and read that account today. So if you guys got your Bibles, it's Matthew 26, Matthew chapter 26, and we're going to start in verse 46. Uh, this is Jesus speaking, and it says, Rise, let us be going. Behold, he is at hand that doth betray me. And while he yet spake, Lo, Judas, one of the twelve, came, and with him a great multitude with swords and staves from the chief priests and elders of the people. Now he that betrayed him gave them a sign, saying, Whomsoever I shall kiss, that same as he, hold fast. And forthwith he came to Jesus and said, Hail, Master, and kissed him. And Jesus said unto him, Friend, wherefore art thou come? Then came they and laid hands on Jesus and took him. And behold, one of them which were with Jesus stretched out his hand and drew his sword and struck a servant of the high priests and smote off his ear. Then said unto him, Then said Jesus unto him, Put up again thy sword into his place. For all they that take the sword shall perish with the sword. Thinkest thou that I cannot pray to my Father, and he shall presently give me more than twelve legions of angels? But how then shall he, the scriptures be fulfilled, that thus it must be? And at the same hour said Jesus to the multitudes, Are ye come out as against a thief with swords and staves for to take me? I sat daily with you teaching in the temple, and ye lay no hold on me. But all this was done that the scriptures of the prophets might be fulfilled. 
Then all the disciples forsook him and fled. And they that laid hold on Jesus led him away to, to Caiaphas, the high, uh, the high priest, where the scribes and the elders were assembled. But Peter followed him afar off onto the high priest's palace and went in and sat with the servants to see the end. Now the chief priests and elders and all the council sought false witness against Jesus to put him to death, but found none. Yea, though many false witnesses came, yet found they none. At the last came two false witnesses and said, This fellow said, I am able to destroy the temple and to build it in three days. And the high priest arose and said unto him, Answerest thou nothing? What is it which these witness against thee? But Jesus held his peace, and the high priest answered and said unto him, I adjure thee by the living God, that thou tellest whether thou be the Christ, the Son of God. Jesus saith unto him, Thou hast said, Nevertheless, I say unto you, Hereafter shall ye see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power, and coming in the clouds of heaven. Then the high priest rent his clothes, saying, He has spoken blasphemy. What further need have we of witnesses? Behold, now ye have heard his blasphemy. What think ye? They answered and said, He is guilty of death. Then did they spit in his face, and buffeted him, and others smote him with the palms of their hands, saying, Prophesy unto us, Thou Christ, who is he that smote thee? Now Peter sat without in the palace, and a damsel came on him, saying, Thou, thou, thou also wast with Jesus of Galilee. But he denied before them all, saying, I know not what thou sayest. And when he was gone out into the porch, another maid saw him and said unto them that were there, This fellow was, all, fellow was also with Jesus of Nazareth. And again he denied with an oath, I do not know the man. And after a while came on him, they that stood by and said to Peter, Surely thou art thou also art one of them, for thy speech bereath thee. Then he began to curse and to swear, saying, I know not the man, and immediately the cock crew. And Peter answered the word of Jesus, which said unto him, Before the cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And he went out and wept bitter, bitterly. Now let's go into verse 27. Verse 1, it says, When the morning was come, all the chief priests and the elders of the people took counsel against Jesus to put him to death. And when they had bound him, they led him away and delivered him to Pontius Pilate, the governor. Then Judas, which betrayed him, when he saw that he was condemned, repented himself and brought again the thirty pieces of silver to the chief priests and elders, saying, I have sinned and that I have betrayed the innocent blood. And they said, What is that to us? See thou that see thou to that. And he cast down the piece of silver in the temple and departed and went and hanged himself. You see, we read here that Judas flat out betrayed Christ, betrayed the word of God. Why? Because Judas was one of the twelve. He was the treasurer, he was the one that held the money bag, and he was a thief. And on the night that he betrayed Jesus, it says that Satan entered into him. Satan. Satan himself entered in Judas. And Jesus called, Jesus called Judas the son of perdition. I want you to think about that in terms of the coming Antichrist. Who is the Antichrist? Well, anti is against, and you have Christ, which is Christ. So, against Christ. And the Antichrist is going to be filled with the Antichrist is going to be filled with the spirit of Satan. Okay, now Judas was one of the twelve. 
He was one, but he was, but he was not, I mean, he was a thief. He wasn't saved, but he was one of the twelve. So what does that tell you? Just because you might have friends or, or in a church, you might have, you might go to a church where they preach the gospel, doesn't mean that every one of those people are in the pews is saved. Amen? Doesn't mean that every single one of those people are in the pews are saved. You, you hear a lot of times that you have people, well, I'm born again and I go to church. And you hear, you also hear too that you have these people, those same very people that thought they were born again. They said, well, we've been going to church for this long. We've been doing this. We've been sitting here. And we, and we just got saved. Just because you think you're saved doesn't mean you are saved. Amen? Because if you're not saved and you think you're saved, Satan will make you think that you're saved. But if you're truly saved, there's going to be times that Satan's going to make you think you're not saved. But you have all these, but you have all these churches and all these denominations. You know, they may be good at first. They may use the King James Bible, they may preach, they may do the hymns, they may do everything right. Until the spirit of Ahab sneaks in. And the spirit of Ahab and Jezebel sneak into these churches and they entice them. They entice them for a quote-unquote better vineyard and they leave this for that better vineyard. That's that's that is a very very dangerous dangerous proposition. You don't ever don't ever snit don't ever bite onto that. Because what seems to be better is probably we is probably not better. Have you ever heard of the expression the grass is always greener on the other side. Has anyone ever heard of that? Well, <clears throat> I'll tell you what. There is not a lot of truth to that statement. Sure, the grass may always look greener from the other side, but once you get over to the other side and you find out, oh, well, maybe it really wasn't. That's where people get into trouble. And that's the same mentality that these, these denominations and churches get into when they think that they're getting something better and they're not. Okay, now, um, let's see here. I want to see what is... Okay. Turn with me to Revelation chapter 2, Revelation chapter 2, verse 18. It says, and unto, the and unto the angel of the church in Thyatira write, These things saith the Son of God, who hath his eyes like unto a flame of fire, and his feet are like fine brass. I know thy works and charity, and service and faith and, patience, and thy patience and thy works, and the last to be more than the first. Notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee, because thou sufferest that woman Jezebel, which calleth herself a prophetess, to teach and to seduce my servants to commit fornication and to eat things sacrificed to idols. Now, let me, let me just say something here. We take a look at this and say, yes, fornication. Okay, they're probably sleeping around. Okay, we could probably say that, you know, to commit fornication. What's fornication? Fornication is the act of relations before marriage. But let me ask you another thing. Could this have another meaning? Could committing fornication also 
be the worship of other gods. Because I want you to think about something here. What did, what, did, what did Ahab say to Nabal? He said, give me thy vineyard or I will give you money or the worth of it or a better vineyard. Think about that. The love of money is the root of all evil. Also, I want you to think about something else too. Which, which Bible translations are usually anchored by money? Think about that. If you took all the new English translations, every single translation except the King James, okay, every new age Bible translation they have, including the new King James, okay, the new King James, and all these other, like NIV and all these other translations, what are people saying about them? They're saying, oh, well, they're much easier to read. We like that better than the King James because we can't understand the King James. Well, perhaps maybe you don't understand the King James because you don't have the Spirit of God within you. Okay? Now, let me, let me say this. All these new translations, what are they, what are they anchored by? Could they be anchored by money? Think about that. Can those translations be anchored by money? Oh, I'm sure they probably are. I'm sure there's probably a lot of money going around with these translations to make them gender inclusive. I bet you a big portion of these New Age translations was money. Why? They probably bribed people to keep their mouth shut. They probably used it to further their antichrist agenda. And Ahab wanted to give Nabal money that was either an equal of or a better vineyard. Think about that. The spirit of Ahab will entice individuals, churches, and denominations They will, they, they will entice them to go to what? A better vineyard. As I said, the grass is always greener on the other side, isn't it? Nope. But that's probably what they think. Oh, well, they, they, th those new translations must be right because, you know, you know they have all the old, uh, the old uh, manuscripts behind them. No. Now, you see, what, what happens is, when you get somebody that's King James and they fall away to a New Age translation, they got enticed by the spirit of Ahab. They got enticed to move away from the Word of God onto a perverted Bible. Why? Because their mentality is, oh, the grass is greener on the other side. They might, they won't, they won't sit, they probably won't say that. But the attitude of that is there. So like Judas, you get these people that were King James and they move away from it because they were enticed. So guess what? If they were enticed, um, Hang on a second. If they were enticed, then they got deceived, and because of their deception, they betray the Word of God. They betray the Word of God. Okay, so they betray the Word of God. Let me tell you something. When you 
Get when you betray the word of God, when you betray this to go into an antichrist translation, let me tell you the spirits behind that. Okay, let me tell you the spirits behind that. You've got mystery Babylon, the great whore, seducing people to a new translation to a different Bible than the King James. You've got the father of lies that seduces them. You've got, you've got the, the spirit of Ahab that gets them. Think about that. You get these spirits that will seduce people into a, fa a false Bible. And I'm going to tell you something. All these New Age Bibles, they're, you know, I don't like, I don't like calling them Bibles because that, that just, these New Age anti-Bibles, and those, those translations are anti-Bibles, okay? There's only one true Bible, and that's your King James. But the, the New Age translation, all these other translations that they have, they're anti-Bibles. Why? Because those anti-Bibles are anti-Christ. And God says to be born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible. It's your King James Bible that is the only incorruptible word of God and it is the only incorruptible DNA that you can actually be born again with all these anti-bibles the new age anti-bibles those are corruptible seed those are corruptible DNA they're DNA that have been meddled with it's DNA that has things taken out and added into and God says you ought to be born again of incorruptible seed not corruptible so if you've got spiritual corrupted DNA that comes to show you you have an anti an anti an anti Bible but if you have the Bible the Word of God that will give you incorruptible DNA DNA that can't be corrupted When you take a look at, at being seduced and, and committing fornication, you can commit spiritual fornication. And by the way, spiritual fornication can lead into physical fornication. Why do I say that? Let's read here and, and, and again... In verse 20, what Jesus says to the church of Thyatira, it says, Notwithstanding, I have a few things against thee, because thou sufferest that woman, Jezebel, which calleth herself a prophetess, to teach and to seduce my servants, to commit fornication, and to eat things sacrificed to idols. Now, here's the key thing. In verse 21, I gave her space to repent of her fornication, and she repented not. You know, spiritual fornication can be betraying the Word of God for another Bible. You see, Judas, by the way, you know how you betray the Word of God? Judas betrayed the Word of God. You know, how, you know, you know what happened? Satan entered into him. Satan himself entered into Judas and betrayed the word of God. So what does that tell you? What that tells you is you have to be devil-possessed to, to betray the word of God. You have to be devil-possessed. Okay. 
John chapter 13, verse 27. This is speaking as per G, uh, not, this is, this is speaking as per, this is, this is, this is God showing us speaking as per Judas. Okay. John chapter 13, verse 27. And after the stop, Satan entered into him. Who's him? That's Judas Iscariot. Then said Jesus unto him, that thou doest do quickly. You see, Judas Iscariot was literally possessed with the prince of devils. Judas Iscariot was literally possessed by Satan himself. You have to be devil-possessed. You have to be devil-possessed in order to betray the Word of God. Now, let's take this in a church standpoint, and let's take this into a denomination standpoint. Churches, when you have the King James Bible, that's, Jesus said that his words are spirit and they are life. If you have the King James Bible, if you stand on the right doctrine, and you stand on that King James Bible, you will have the power of God, you will have the spirit of God in in your churches. And when you have the Spirit of God in your churches, the Spirit of God will give you the power and give you the grace to be able to say, no, we're not going and falling for these other Bibles. Amen? Because where the Word of God is, there is power. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And Jesus said in His Word that His words are spirit and they are life. Amen? But when you've got churches that say, No, we don't want this anymore. We're going to go to another translation. Or if you got a church that was King James, and you got a wolf that comes in and seduces the people and starts to realize that they use another, they, they start slowly making their way to using another Bible, then their DNA has been corrupted. And when the King, where the King James Bible is not at, the Spirit of God is not there. In other words, <clears throat> the absence of the King James Bible. If the King James Bible is absent from a church, there is the Spirit of God is not there. The absence of the King James Bible is an absence of the Spirit of God and power of God. And these churches that get these pastors that creep in and kick out the King James and they bring in some of these other anti-Bibles, guess what's going to happen? The church is going to follow suit. They're going to get seduced. They're going to get blinded. And guess what? Satan came in and took the war away from that church. And now that church has become corrupted because of another translation. Can I get an amen from God's people on that? And when you get these churches that get these new anti-Bibles in their church, eventually, that church is going to start adopting to the way of the world. 
Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 32. For their vine is of the vine of Sodom, and the fields of the, the and the field and of the fields of Gomorrah. The grapes are grapes of gall, and their clusters are bitter. These anti-Bibles come from the vine of Sodom. Why do you think all these denominations and churches are? They feel like they need to ordain queer pastors. Why do you think that? Why do you think these churches are now adopting to having queer pastors and that God and they think that God's okay with queer pastors? First of all, for all you for all you crazy her heretical for all you crazy damnable heretics that think that God's okay with queer pastors, let me enlighten you for, about something. Turn with me to 1 Timothy chapter 3. 1 Timothy chapter 3. It says, this is a true saying. If a man... I want you to think about something. If a man desire the office of a bishop, he desireth a good work. I want you to catch something there. If a man desire... It does not say if a woman desires. It does not say if a man desires. It does not say if a baphometism desires. It says if a man desires. A man is a man. A woman is a woman. So all you, all you Fruit Loop pastors, don't try to convince me that God's okay with you being a pastor. And by the way... All you hypocritical Jezebels, Paula White, and um, uh, what's that woman's name? Um, uh, someone remind me here for a second. What was it? Uh, Joyce Myers, Paula White, and all these win so-called women pastors. If you think that you're called to be a bishop, you guys are you you ladies are a bunch of lying hypocritical tyrant Jezebels. Bunch of hypocrite Jezebels is what you are. You think you're called to you you think you called to to a pastor? Yeah, right. The Bible clearly says if a man desire the office of bishop, he desireth a good work. Not a he. It, it's uh, no. What am I saying? It's not she. It's not a he. She. It's not an it. It's not these bazillion other trans queer whatever you want to call it isms. It's he. He implies man. People need to wake up to what's going on. Well, Brandon, you're being sexist. You're just being. Bleh. Really? You're going to call me a sexist after I just read the word of God to you? Listen, if you're calling me a sexist, you're not calling me a sexist. You're calling God a sexist. How dare you? God is not a sexist. Listen, in Bible Christianity, women have value. But women and men are different with different giftings. You people need to understand that. And when it comes to Bible Christianity, men and women do not do the same thing. In other words, women cannot do everything that men can. And the Bible proves it. Women are to be keepers at home. They're to take care of the children. They're to, to help teach, you know, teach the children, help raise the, child, the children, and to love her husband. And the husband loves, loves his wife. But God is not a sexist. And all you people that think that he is, you should be ashamed of yourselves. Listen, God has an order to the family. He has an order in the church. Nowhere in the Bible is there a woman apostle. There was a woman judge, but that was because no man would step up. And so God allowed a woman judge to rise up. Why? As a shame against Israel. 
And it's the same thing with all this, with all with the politics. The reason why God is allowing women to step up is because no man wants to step up and run for office because they don't want they don't have the backbone to do it. So guess what? God is going to raise up women to come in and 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 uh, God's going to allow women to be raised up in politics and uh, and to do what these men can't do, which is really sad. And God's allowing that for as a shame against America. A shame against America. You know why? Because the King James Bible, oh, we don't want to hear that. You know why all these churches and denominations want to go with these other these these other anti-Bibles from the Vitam Sodom? Because they're all gender inclusive. Meaning that the other anti-Bibles are promoting that women can do whatever they, whatever men can do. And that's a lie from the pit of hell. <clears throat> it's a lie, folks. It's a lie from the pit of hell. I'm telling you, this is what's happening in our churches and our denominations. People are forsaking the King James Bible for anti-Bibles. These churches and denominations are betraying the Word of God for the, for the things of this world. And we are we are to be separated from the world. We're to be sanctified, which means set apart. And you know what happens when you get individuals, when you get churches, when you get denominations that sell the, the word of God out? They become just like Judas Iscariot, a bunch of devil-possessed denominations and churches that sell the word of God out for some other blasphemous anti-Bible. And then we sit here and wonder, well, why is our country so bad? We gotta get it. Listen, our country is so bad because we as a nation sold the word of God out. It started with the individual, it started with the denominations, the churches, and guess what? Now it's leaked into the country. So now we have a country that sold out the word of God for the things of this world. We've got a government that wants us to be like Europe. We've got people in Washington, D.C. that want to target Bible Christianity as a hate group. We've got people that, want, that, are, that are just God-haters. And we sit here and wonder why our country is so bad. You know why? It's because we forsook the word of God. We sold it out for something else. And I'm going to tell you something. We need to get the word of God back into churches, into our denominations, and back to our country. Back in the 60s, they kicked God out of school, saying, no, we don't want him in our schools anymore. And I'll prove it. I'll, you know what's funny? They kick God out of schools, and yet they don't even want the perverted Bibles in schools. That's, just, that's astounding. I, it, you think they just accept that, but apparently not. <clears throat> but they kicked God out of schools back in the 60s. They did all these things, and now look where we're at. We've, I'll tell you what we did. We sold out, just as the church sold out the Bible for these anti-Bibles, for the vine of Sodom, we as a nation have sold out. We sold, we sell, we sold, we, we betrayed the word of God, and we went with the vine of Sodom. That is why we have a sodomite problem. That's why you've got all these sodomites wanting 
to destroy the family. Why? Because guess what? What you sow, what you sow is what you will reap. What you sow is what you will reap. Amen. Um, First Corinthians chapter nine, verse eleven. If we have sown unto spiritual things, is it a great thing if we reap your carnal things? Okay, 2 Corinthians 9, 6. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 through 8. Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. For he that soweth to his flesh shall also the flesh reap corruption. But he that soweth to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap everlasting life. Folks, you know what this you know what this nation is starting to, to become? Like, we are just I'm telling you, we you would say, well, our our our, our politics our politics is corrupt and all of our all all of our uh, you know politicians are corrupt. Well, no duh. You know why? It's because we as a nation had reaped, we sowed to the flesh. We sowed to the fleshly things. We sowed seeds in a sin. How? We forsook the word of God and we sowed seeds of sin. So guess what now we're reaping? Corruption. The churches, a lot of the churches are being corrupted our politics is being corrupted. Our nation is being corrupted. Our cities are being corrupted. This whole nation is being corrupted. You know why? Because we have forsook the word of God. We sold out the word of God for the things of this world. Romans chapter, Romans chapter 12, verse 2, it says, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Folks, be not conformed to this world. You know how you, how you, know, you, know how you uh, don't conform yourself to this world? Well, first of all, you get yourself into that King James Bible. You let that King James Bible change you. And you don't sell it out. All we have now, all we have, it seems like, in a lot of these churches, in a lot, I didn't say every church, in a lot of these denominations and churches, they're nothing but a bunch of sellouts. Selling out the word of God for money, for fame, for the things of this world. Judas sold the word of God out for, for money. That's, that's possessions. That's the things of this world. And he was devil possessed when it happened. I'm telling you, we are in big trouble. Why? Because it all started when America decided to be a Judas and sell out the word of God to the things of this world. So guess what? When God left, 
See, God's hand is off America. And God's judging America as we speak. But let me let me just let me say something. Just because God is judging a nation does not mean he's left his people that are in America. I'm talking I'm not talking about individuals here. I'm talking about as a nation as a whole. God is judging this nation as a whole. But he will preserve and he will protect his people and he will provide for his people. But judgment must force first begin at the house of God. First uh, Peter chapter four verse seventeen for the time is come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it be first begin at us, what shall the end of, end be of them that obey not the gospel of God? God is starting to separate churches now. The good from the bad. And guess what? Here's some good news. God is going to save any good churches in these denominations that are gone corrupt, that have gone full-blown corrupted. All those good churches that are stuck in there, just let me tell you something. God's going to get you out. And all you good churches that were part of a denomination, God's going to get you out and you'll become your own independent church. You know why? Because there is no denominations. These denominations are starting to go down the tube real quick. People need to wake up on what's going on. These denominations are going, a lot of these denominations are going down the hill real quick. Okay, they're going down the hill real quick. here I want to close with this 2nd Timothy chapter 3 this know also that in the last days perilous time shall come for men shall be lovers of their own selves covetous boasters, proud blasphemers disobedient to parents unthankful, unholy without natural affection truth breakers false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, for such turn away. For of this sort they which creep into houses are led captivity, silly women laden with sins, led away with diverse lusts ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now as Jans and Jambres withstood Moses to do those to the, to do these uh, Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith. But they shall proceed no further for their folly shall be made manifest unto all men as there is also was. You guys, we're in big trouble, and we're in big trouble as a nation. Big, big trouble. You know how? You, but um, by the way, and you know how? You know how we're gonna get back to it. Real quickly, turn with me to Second Chronicles seven fourteen. 
Second Chronicles seven fourteen. It says, "If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land." You know what that means? It means when we stop selling off the word of God and when we come actually come back to the word of God, humble ourselves, seek and pray. Then God will heal. Then, then God will will heal our land. But till that happens, um, we're not going to be our sins are not going to be forgiven, and our land's not going to be healed because we're so stubborn and so stiff-necked, and we're so blinded that we sold out the word of God for the things of this world. Now we're getting what we what we sowed. We're reaping what we're sowing, which is corruption. And I'm telling you, it, this country is in a big mess. We don't just have a corrupted po uh, political system; it's a mess. It's a mess. Do you know why it's a mess? Because our churches are a mess. Well, let me, let me take a step back. It's a mess because our denominations are a mess. And that's a mess because of our... And because of that, our churches are a mess. And because of those churches, people are a mess. They're in a mess and they're confused. This is why we have all this junk and trash going around this nation. Because it all starts with our churches. What? Let me just add, let me just say this. What's being taught from your church? Is it a anti-Bible or is it the King James Bible? Amen. Now I want to exhort for all those, for all of those churches and individuals that believe the King James Bible. Let me just encourage you and exhort you. To do everything you can to stand. Turn with me to Ephesians. Oh, man, I say I say it's going to be the last verse, and it's not. A whole bunch of stuff is just coming to mind. Um. Okay, let me encourage you with this. Wherefore, take unto you the whole the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. If you, if all those individuals, and all those churches that are standing on the word of God, I just want to encourage you, you keep standing for truth, and you keep fighting that good fight of faith. Don't sell out the word of God. And I'm going I'm to tell you something. There's a time coming, whether it's individually or with its churches, there may be a time when you have to do just like what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego did and said, no, we're not, we're not selling out. We're standing on the word of God. And we're not going to... You know, we believe that God can deliver us, but even if He don't, we're still not going to bow down to those false Bibles. We're just going to stand on the Word of God. Listen, I just want to encourage you to be like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and stand. And yes, there may be a trial, there may be a fiery trial that may accompany that which you stand. But let me prom—I promise you that Jesus Christ will deliver you. He will bring you through that trial. He will deliver you through that trial. You'll go through it, but God will be with you. Just like when Christ was in the fiery furnace with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And guess what? Those three did not have any hurts or burn smells. 
Jesus Christ protected Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego through that trial. And let me promise you that if you stand on the word of God, you stand up for what is right, and you do what God says in his word, God will protect you. And he will be with you even through that trial. And he will make sure that you come out as gold. There's a lot to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that you can learn from. Amen? So I just want to encourage you with that. Um, you know, that's all I got. I know I kind of said a lot, and I preached a lot, and hopefully you guys got something from this. Uh, but <clears throat> I think this is going to probably wrap up my series. So, Lord willing, next week, uh, we will, next Tuesday, we will do Matthew 13. We'll get back into Matthew 13. Um... Not sure when I'm going to be doing Fridays, though. Um, but I think sometime we'll try to see if we can try to figure out a time to do it on Fridays. Hopefully, uh, um, I, hopefully maybe I can do like Tuesday and Friday instead of Sundays and Tuesdays. It might be a little bit easier and a little bit more spread out. So, um, but yeah, pray for me. Pray, pray for these videos. Hopefully, this was a blessing to you. Hope that you guys got something from this. Um, listen, I'm not trying to be mean or anything like that, but I have to say the truth as it is. Amen. Um, I've got to say something otherwise I'm doing everyone a disservice. Amen. So, uh, pray for me, pray for my videos, pray for my ministry. Hopefully you guys are, you know, doing good. And, uh, um, hopefully you guys, um, hopefully y'all doing good. And, uh, yeah. So you guys have a good, uh, a good blessed week. And Lord willing, we will see you next week. All right? God bless you guys. See ya. Love ya. Bye.